Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. This is How Do You Do That with Emily Tresseter on Joy 94.9, the show answering the questions you didn't even know you had. This week's guest is the co-founder and operator of magnesium-based skincare line, The Base Collective, Cassie Sangvi. We talk about what sparked the idea to specialize in magnesium skincare, how awesome it was to feel like a trailblazer in the industry, and how her previous experience has influenced what she does. It's everything that I stand for. Clean, green, safe. Cassie Sangvi, alongside Carly Pountney, founded The Base Collective, a magnesium-based skincare line. Before we dive headfirst into where Cassie came from and how she got here, I must confess, I'm pretty terrible with skincare. I don't have a routine, and I don't know much about magnesium. So why are magnesium skincare products beneficial? So magnesium, as a lot of people know, has a plethora of benefits. It's involved in over 300 processes in our bodies, everything from blood glucose control, metabolism, sleep, muscle function. What a lot of people don't know is that it's also really important for your skin health. And a lot of people take oral magnesium supplements, which is totally fine. However, if you think about it, it's involved in so many processes that often things get left behind and the skin usually is one of the last. So if you've got skin concerns, such as, you know, eczema, redness, acne, things like that, there's something going on and magnesium deficiency in your skin is actually a real thing. So what we found is that people use our products as multi-purpose. So they use it and they get you know, relief from muscle aches and pains, but they've also been getting great relief for things like, you know, skin redness, pimples, people with eczema are telling us how great it is on their skin. And that combined with how we formulate with 100% natural and organic where we can ingredients just makes it a great choice. Is it for any skin type or it is for? So we develop specifically for sensitive skin, but in saying that that's kind of your lowest common denominator. So if you don't have sensitive skin, it's still going to be great for you. Here, Cassie talks about how the Base Collective has been ahead of the game. I think one of the things that we do and we're good at is we always seem to be at the start of the market. So six years ago, people were asking us, what's what's magnesium? And so now we've sort of got over that hurdle. Everyone knows what magnesium is. It's now like, oh, magnesium skincare? I haven't heard of this. So that's great. We love starting those conversations. We love getting people talking and then obviously seeing the good results. Okay. Now we know a little bit more about the products, I asked Cassie how long the Base Collective has been in operation. So we launched six years ago and it was a good year before that of the planning process and product development and, you know, really nutting out the nuts and bolts behind the brand. And how did the company come to be? My co-founder Carly and I were actually on maternity leave and our eldest children had both started kinder. And I think as is the case for a lot of mums, we being the eldest children, we sort of crazily thought, oh, we're going to have all this time on our hands, which you realise then, you know, down the track that you don't. So we both were looking for a side project and that's kind of how it, how it all sort of formed really. Why was it skincare that became the project that you looked into? Well, to be honest with you, we actually talked about launching it was called like the perfect tea so a t-shirt to be honest with you and we we talked a lot it was quite interesting because 
you hear a lot of business stories and they talk about the product and how they launch the product and sort of the brand comes second. So for us, it was sort of the reverse. And we talked a lot about what we wanted the brand and the business and the company to feel like having both worked, you know, a little bit in corporate and, you know, what, what values we wanted to have, how we wanted to talk to our customer. And so we, we went about trying to design this perfect t-shirt and it was an amazing t-shirt. We had samples made, but then we realized that we really, really didn't know much about the fashion world other than what we both like to wear. However, I'm a pharmacist and I'd also done a cosmetic formulation course. And I was like, well, hang on, this is probably, we knew we wanted the brand to be a holistic brand and we wanted to solve a lot of problems in people's world and that was sort of an arm that we talked about and we're like well why don't we start with that first because I had a lot of knowledge in the industry and I'd also come about manufacturers that we could potentially use so we sort of pivoted and everything the tone of voice and everything that we wanted to achieve you know aligned with those principles as well so that's how we landed at skincare. So we know how Cassie and Carly pivoted from the beginning but I wanted to know why Cassie wanted to start a business in the first place. I think I've always I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I've always loved thinking outside the square and creating change. And I've always been quite creative. I think creativity and doing something new really drives and you know has a fire, sets a fire inside with me. So once you pivoted from t-shirts to skincare, how did that actually become a business? You identify a gap in the market. So we, I've always really loved. And, you know, living the natural and organic lifestyle as much as possible. I'm, I'm definitely not perfect. So I kind of like to say the 80-20 rule. <laughs> Sometimes it becomes the 60-40 rule. However, so I sort of knew that there was a lot of great organic and natural products out there, but nothing that really sparked joy, I suppose. And they were all a bit daggy. It felt like they were forcing a real message down people's throats. And then the ones that were out there that looked good actually weren't actually that clean and really weren't something that I would be comfortable with my family using. So we actually set out to try and, well, the first product that we launched was a a sort of designer hand wash and hand milk that was 100% clean, green and safe, which are the three principles that we try to do everything by at the base collective. But it also looked good. So we wanted it to spark joy whenever you looked at it in the bathroom, on your bathroom sink or at the kitchen sink, something that you'd be proud to put, you know, in the guest bathroom, I suppose. And from there, you slowly started introducing different product lines? Well, from there, there was lots of learns with that product. So probably the first one was that the the bottle design was beautiful. However, it was only something that could be hand-labeled. And we tried so many things. We tried to outsource it to different companies. My dad tried to make his machine. But at the end of the day, it could only be hand-applied, which just wasn't sustainable. And from there, I think it was my business partner who discovered you know, magnesium oil and you couldn't get it anywhere at the time. And I was like, hey, that like magnesium has a plethora of benefits for your body. And we realized that there was actually no skincare out there. So that's then the direction the company took. And now we specialize in magnesium skincare products. Speaking of the products and the business, I wondered how many people are now working at the Base Collective. So there's just three of us. So there's myself and then there's Robin and Victoria. So someone who looks after the marketing and EDMs and things like that. And then another person in the warehouse helping to pack orders and logistics and process invoices and things like that. And then from there, we outsource to various companies for Facebook marketing, PR and whatnot. So yeah, we're a really small team, just three of us, but yeah, it works. Are there plans to expand the business? 
We definitely do sometimes also get casuals in as well to help depending on the busy times. I definitely see plans for expansion. I think it's one one moment at a time. And it's also, I find it really interesting and, and the journey of finding someone to come into your team is also an interesting one. So, you've got to make sure that they're the right fit for the culture. What about in terms of moving the business outside of Australia? Our distribution in Australia is quite good. So, I think for us, we really want to focus on expanding overseas and we see the US as having great growth potential. So, yeah, I think the great thing with online now is though that you can do that from here. I mean, it's a necessity now with COVID and things like that. You can't travel. So, yeah, that's the great thing. We know that Cassie's a pharmacist. Does she have anything to do with the compounding and actually formulating the products? 100%. So, I'm across all of the formulations. That's one of the strengths of being a pharmacist and having done that course was I definitely knew all the things that we wanted in it, but also definitely didn't want in it. So, we used to say that we say no a lot. So, there was like no sulfates, no parabens, but one of the only companies that also don't use phenoxyethanol. So, yeah, we're quite fussy about what we do and what we don't put in there. So, that was, yeah, a real, real benefit of having that background knowledge. Cassie's work as a pharmacist definitely informs her work at the Base Collective. I wondered if there had been other parts of Cassie's previous experience that informs her work now. Oh, 100%. So, I'd worked in retail pharmacy for a really long time. So, it was actually a part-time job for me when I was at high school. And then I loved it so much that that's what I set my sights on when deciding what course I'd like to get into after high school. And from there, so for me, then when I finished uni and then I started managing the pharmacy straight away because I'd already had a lot of time on the floor, I suppose. And from there, I went and worked at Pfizer, one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world. And the reason I did that was I really was quite interested in how they operated and I wanted to sort of see behind the scenes of how they marketed drugs and and whatnot. And that was only a couple of years in my life before I went on maternity leave, but I learned so much from that. And I actually, you know, a lot of those marketing principles were used in the business today. So yeah, it's definitely 100% what I've done before plays a part in what we do every day at the Base Collective. Pre-pharmacist, when you were little, did you anticipate owning a business? Yeah, I think I did. It was always something that I aspired to. I actually thought that I would always own my own pharmacy. So at uni, I talked to my friends and a few of them still do. And I always thought that was the path that I would go down. And then after having kids, you know, it becomes increasingly hard because a pharmacy is a kind of profession and a business that you need to be in. So you need to physically be in the store. And that just doesn't sort of give me flexibility with my children. So this is probably the next best thing because it allows me to help people with their skin problems and, you know, sleep problems and whatnot that our products help to solve, but it also gives me a little bit of flexibility around my kids and the family. Did your business partner have any experience in operating and founding a business before this? So she'd always had little side projects going on and she works in the banking. She still does in the banking world. Yeah. So she's really good at processes and procedures and things like that. So yeah, definitely definite benefits. So you both have skill sets that have helped to create the base collective. 100%. Here I thought about how it was a pretty cool story. Two friends meet, decide to start a business, and they go for it. How did they know what they were doing? Had they enlisted business specialists, or were they just making it up as they went? Oh, there's definitely a lot of winging it, I suppose, if that's what you're asking. However, we're not afraid to ask for advice. So, I've got a great accountant. My husband's quite entrepreneurial and, you know, runs businesses. Being in the pharmacy world, there's a lot of people who've been really kind and mentor myself and, you know, provide a lot of advice. So, it hasn't been a total unplanned process, if 
if you like. But I would hope not. That would be terrifying. No. <laughs> yeah, terrifying. Um, you know, there's definite things that were like, okay, well, let's just give this a go and see how it goes. But th- there's also lots of people behind the scenes who are giving us advice and helping us along the way. Has it been successful from the beginning? It's been a, a hard slog and we're self-funded. So there's no sort of magic pool of money. So everything that we do you know, we just have to roll back into the company and, you know, sometimes it can feel like a really slow process. And failure is okay. It's hard. But the one thing I've learned about it is that, you know, you definitely learn from it and you pivot and you don't make those mistakes again. So, no, it definitely hasn't been a success from day one. And, you know, things that we still do now aren't successful and that's okay. As long as we're learning from it, I don't I don't have a problem with it. They have learned and I'm sure continue to learn and now have a very successful brand that's available online and in a number of different pharmacy chains and outlets. I asked Cassie why she thought a company like The Base Collective is important. Well, I think, you know, I'm really proud to think that we were one of the first to really adopt the clean, green, safe principles. There's a lot of of companies out there claiming it, but they really weren't that clean. So, we started a big education piece, I suppose, and now there's a lot of people out there who are doing the same thing, which makes me proud because we've we've created change. We've created change in the industry. We've you know we've made really big companies you know stand up and take notice. And the consumer now is a lot more savvy. They know what to look for on labels. And I, I definitely feel that we've played a part in that process. And why is it important to Cassie personally? It's everything that I stand for. Clean, green, safe. We wanted to build a company based on trust. So we wanted, you know, when we talk about who we're speaking to as a customer, we talk about, you know, she's a busy woman. She's like ourselves. She's got 2.5 kids. She's not sure what's going on from day to day, but she really wants to try and do the best thing for her family. And so we wanted to take out one of those stresses so that it was built on trust. So she knows every time that she picks up one of our products that it is 100% the best that it can be for her family and also makes her smile. And she is you. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, that's right. So it's important to you because you empathise. Yeah, and I think I like to help people. I think that comes back to the pharmacist in me when you're helping someone solve a problem. That's It makes me really happy. So that's why I suppose it's really, yeah, really important to me. I was curious to know what a typical workday looked like for Cassie. Yeah, so it's not as exciting, I think, as people like to think it is. So, I mean, it depends on on the calendar and what's going on. Most, you know, sort of 80% of my days would be going to the office, emails, meetings with buyers. It also might be catching up with our marketing, Facebook marketing, Google Ads people or our PR team. It's also running through meetings with Victoria who talks about, who, who looks after all of our emails and planning that, planning social media. It's also liaising with Robin and making sure we've got enough stock in the warehouse, if there's any customer problems, that kind of thing. So it's quite varied. You know, sometimes I could be not so much anymore, but on the road, you know, with a sales rep and doing training. So I think you wear a lot of hats in a small business, which is great because you get to you get to learn and, and know about all those things. Here out of sheer curiosity, I asked what Cassie's workspace looks like. It's a small company and I wondered if they actually had an office space. Yes, yeah, so we have a warehouse and downstairs is all the stock and that's where the online packing and then also the orders for Priceline and, and whatnot go out. And then upstairs we have offices. 
Yeah. That's cool because you're really close to the product. Yes, that only happened last year. So we actually used to outsource warehouse space and we had office space separate. But the need just became that it just was made financial sense for it to all be under the one roof. And things just run smoother when you've got it all there. You can literally lay your eyes on it. You can see how much stock you've got. You're not relying on other people. And so, yeah, it, make, it makes sense. But we're bursting at the seams already. <laughs> so I think we'll definitely keep it all together, but it'll probably be a bigger space soon. That's what you love to hear, love to see. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the best thing about what you do is? It's definitely helping people. I love, I get I get a lot of joy out of reading the reviews, out of talking to the customers, solving a problem. It's when something's received really well. So that, that would be the best part of it for me. Quite validating. Absolutely. What do you think the not so great part about what you do is? Oh, I think it's just all the boring things. Like well, they're boring for me anyway. I know there's a lot of people who <laughs> find a lot of joy from it, but you know, it's the bass, it's the tax, it's the budgeting, it's the cash flow forecasting. It's all those really boring things that don't spark joy. <laughs> they're very necessary as far as the business is concerned. However, they're not at that. They definitely don't make me smile. Fair. <laughs> So now we know the best and worst parts of what Cassie does. I asked if there'd been a moment or moments that really validate what Cassie does. I think, like I said before, it comes back to the customer reviews. On all, I had a lady email me the other day and she's like, oh, I've you know met you at a Finders Keepers market and I've been using your products ever since, which was, you know, we haven't done one of those markets in a few years now because of COVID. But those are the things that are validating. Like yesterday, I was looking through orders on the website and looked at one lady and it was her 27th order from us. And so for me, that's extremely validating. And we've also got a really high repeat customer above average rate on our website. So that shows me that, you know, once we get a customer over the line, they obviously really like our products and, you know, it really helps them. So yeah, that's that's really validating and, and really humbling. Do you think that you'll be owner operating the base collective forever? Look, I... I don't know. Who knows? I think if I'm, if I'm realistic, I know that I'm one person and, you know, I think that this business has massive potential and I would love to see it reach its potential. And that may be, that may mean that someone else needs to come on and have a new, uh, even if it's about, you know, investing or having more resources than, than we do as a little team. I'm okay with that because I would love to see it take, taken to the next, to the next step. Whatever will, will help it grow the best. Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever's best for the business, really. Does Cassie have any career ambitions outside of the base collective? I haven't thought of that. That's a really good question. Not really. I think I just want to keep taking this, you know, as far as, as far as it can go, I suppose. I'm very creative. So I think anything, and, and I'm always, I've always got more ideas brewing, I suppose. So I think if I was to do something else, it would be, it would be business related. It would be about launching a new product. It would be that, you know, that that's kind of what makes me tick, I think. So now you've done this, you've started a business and you've seen it grow over the course of six years. You're not terrified of doing it again. No, I'm not terrified <laughs> of doing it. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not sure what the right word for it is. I'm, I'm not terrified. I, I think you know, if I was to do it over again, there would be a lot of things that I would definitely do really differently. But that's, you know, the benefit and privilege of hindsight, I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I would I would start something again if, if you know, the time is right and the place is right and, you know, all, all the stars align. I, I just more meant having come from a situation where you hadn't started a business before. Oh, I'm not put off. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it hasn't been like such a traumatizing experience that you're like, I would never do this. No, 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 no. It's definitely not. It's been fun. I, if, if someone asks me about my journey, I'll say it's been incredibly fun. Before I let Cassie go, 
I asked what she would tell someone with an idea like hers who was thinking of starting their own business. I say give it a go. You've got nothing to lose. Start small, reinvest your money, like keep reinvesting, rolling it over. But just if you don't try, you're never going to know. And the only way really of seeing if there is a market out there is by putting it out there, really. The other thing I'd say is don't get too swept up in every day. <laughs> I often say this, if I had enough, if I had as many sales as I get emails from potential marketing people telling me that they could do a better job or <laughs> increase my sales, it's it's quite it's quite interesting. So just, you know, always make sure you vet everything and make sure you know how to do everything before you outsource it would be my my biggest piece of advice. That way you can look at what's happening and be like, actually, I think it could be done better or they're doing a great job because I know that. A hundred percent, hundred percent. You can't do everything yourself, but you need to be across everything. So, if you don't know when they're talking about, you know, like Facebook marketing, for example, if you don't know what ROAS means, you know, return on ad spend, and you don't know what a standard ROAS is, if you don't know what a click-through rate is, if you don't know what a standard click-through rate is, like they will take you for a ride and they will just gobble your money up and, you know, then you, you'll be nowhere. So, my advice is there's a lot of free courses out there that, you know, so lucky to have, you know, the likes of Google and, and the plethora of knowledge that we just have at the access of our t- fingertips these days. Just do your research so that then when you are at the point of outsourcing, you are really on top of it and you can ask questions and don't be afraid to ask questions and, you know, be in control. Have you done that? Have you done a bunch of courses to gain that knowledge that you need? Yeah, 100%. I've done the Facebook course, which is it's free online. Anyone can do that. I've done the Google course that's free. Anyone can do that. The Shopify, we, we do it ourselves. Everything these days, we're really lucky. It's actually not that tricky you can just google it even to the point of zero it's like oh gosh how do i set up a new employee just google how to set up a new employee and you can do it yourself so it's just i think for me myself that's how i like to operate because then when i do i am at the point of outsourcing it because you can't do everything yourself i'm really confident in their abilities because i know i know how to do it as well you can also then put you know if they're going to charge you you know x y and z you think about okay well how much time does that take me and you can know whether that is going to add value to your business or not add value. The more you know, the more you know, really. 100%. My husband always says to me, knowledge is power. So, the more you know, the more powerful you are. Here, Cassie shares a final thought about changing what you're doing in life, mixing up your career path and pivoting. I say that to young kids all the time. It's like, try not to get too hung up on the whole, what am I going to do after school and, you know, making sure this course, because it will take you in a certain direction. And I don't regret, you know, I love that I'm, I still love, being a pharmacist and, you know, if I get to do the odd shift and it's given me so much. And I think that's like anything, keep pivoting, keep looking for opportunities and enjoy what you do really. That's what it comes down to. I'd like to extend a huge thank you to Cassie for being on the show. It's been really awesome to learn about the benefits of magnesium in skincare, as well as how her work as a pharmacist has really helped her work at the Base Collective. Her story is a great example of just doing it, taking the leap and creating what she wanted to create. For more info about Cassie and The Base Collective, head to thebasecollective.com. If you're a fan of How Do You Do That? I would love if you could tell your friends about the show and get them to listen too. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you could also give it a five-star rating, I would really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of How Do You Do That? with Emily Tresseter. If you think you or someone you know would make a great guest on the show, get in touch. Email howdoyoudothat at joy.org.au. 
This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.